0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody, to the A Slot Podcast with the most electrifying man. host the opera ghost now please sit back relax make sure you enjoy yourself and always remember let's get a slutty find the ice love podcast on all social media at the Ace Love Podcast and please check out the website acelovepodcast.com or email the show the Ace Love podcast at gmail
1: lovely little sluts and welcome to another episode of the A-slot podcast now we were due to have a little bit of a series around sexual assault and that sort of stuff but unfortunately one of my guests couldn't make it to our recording session this week so we've done something a little bit different but uh still a really really amazing chat with possibly one of my biggest crushes at the moment. Um, yeah uh, I'm still sort of coming down from talking with her, but yeah, she is a truly truly amazing woman, really, really sweet, really kind, really, just beautiful in every sense of the, in every sense of the word. Um, it is Kitty Jour, who, who is a sex worker based in Perth in Western Australia. Uh, She's a writer, she's uh, done some mentoring in the sex work industry, she's done a whole bunch of stuff, but we talked to her about sex work in general, some of the things that face sex workers, uh, a little bit of kink play, a little bit of everything really, actually. Um, But yeah really really amazing amazing woman um, and it was really really cool to chat with her so enough of my rambling um, let's get on to my talk with kitty DeShue.
0: and as always please enjoy Have you got color
2: in your do you ever get that feel that you can't shift the tide that sticks around like so much in your teeth? Are there some aces up your sleeve? Have you no idea that you're in deep? I dreamt about you nearly every night this week. How many secrets can you keep? Cause there's this tune I found that makes me think of you somehow. And I play it on repeat. Until I fall asleep. Spilling drinks on myself.
1: So welcome to the show, Kitty DuJour. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me. How's your day been?
3: Oh, it's been, it's my absolute pleasure. Um, My day's been lovely, actually. It's only just gone lunchtime where I am. I'm in Perth and it's a beautiful day. Um, we're supposed to be getting a huge storm this weekend, so I'm kind of battening, battening down the hatches, but hopefully spend most of it in bed.
1: See, I, I miss storms because I grew up in Brisbane. Um, but I now oh. live in New Zealand, so like... the Yeah, no, you don't yeah. really get them. No, we in Brisbane, we used to get massive, beautiful thunderstorms, and now over here, I just don't get anything.
3: <laughs> no, everything's just constantly damp, but no storms.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's
3: pretty yeah. much how it goes. Yeah. The, most of my family are from New Zealand, so I, I'm, I, I feel your pain.
1: <laughs> well aware of the situation.
3: <laughs> well aware, well aware.
1: Uh, so, yeah, a lot of my listeners aren't, gone, uh, aren't going to have heard of you before. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're here.
3: <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not sure where to start with that. I'm one of these people that don't understand what free time is. So, I do a lot. Um, mainly, I am I've, I'm a sex worker of all trades, I've, mm-hmm. I've done, have experience in most facets of the industry. Um, currently I'm mainly just doing escorting and mm-hmm. BDSM work, which is really lovely, but I've, I also shoot a lot of porn, do a lot of community education, um, mentoring other workers. Like I run a queer, queer porn film festival, awesome. which is a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And then yeah, heaps of community building type stuff. I'm, I'm all about it.
1: And that, that's that's so, so cool. And the, it's the community building stuff that I think a lot of people, when they think sex worker, don't think about that side of thing in any way, shape or form, right?
3: Absolutely. There's this huge misconception that because it's an industry mainly filled with women that it's got to be catty or bitchy or competitive and it, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, I, The community is just my favourite thing about the industry. Everyone is so supportive and just so understanding and non-judgmental and it's just it's it, i love it it's amazing yeah all of my friends are whores <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna go into some uh some misconceptions about the industry a little bit yeah, later absolutely. on which would be really really cool but i guess what's what's the origin story of how you got into how you got into sex oh
3: origin story okay um well it all kind of happened uh, it was a chain of events, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I was doing fetish modeling anyway, and I'm, I don't know, I've, I've always been brought up in a way that I don't really, not, not from a, you know, strict Catholic household or anything like that. Sex was never a huge deal. It was mm-hmm. just something cool that you could do with your body. And so... It still is, isn't it? It's, it still is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely is. Um, so I there was a period of time there where I was super broke I was going through uni and had a mortgage and my sister was homeless at the time so I had to get her into a house really quickly Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine was working at a brothel at one of the one of the brothels in Perth and I asked her like okay so what's it like how do I How do I do this? How do I make some money really quickly? And she's like, oh, come down for a night. Talk to the manager. So I went in for an interview and started right then and there. They're like, okay. I walked in, (laughs) not knowing what to expect. And they're like, okay, when can you start? Cool. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. And I walked out of there like 14 hours later. Like absolutely knackered. (laughs) Oh, no, it was was (laughs) full on. So poor me, gone from, like, gone to an interview, kicked straight into a Friday night shift.
0: Jesus.
1: Um,
3: Yeah, no, it was...
1: And you were incredibly popular straight away, of course.
3: Actually, yeah, because new girl money is a thing. It Mm -hmm. is a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I walked out of there with more money than I'd ever had in my entire life, and I was (laughs) like, well... I'm going to quit my day job immediately.
0: <laughs> I'm
3: in the industry. This was so much fun and incredibly lucrative. And I haven't really looked back, <laughs> to be honest. And that was nearly eight years ago now. I was wow. a baby. I was like, yeah, I was like 23. No, no, 22. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. So you're older than I thought as well, actually. I thought you were about that age now.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay, so, fun fact, I advertise as 25, I'm turning 30 this year,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> but because I look a lot younger, nobody ever believes me, so I'm yeah. like, oh fuck you, I'll advertise as 25 and see what happens, and, yeah, hi. You, you, do,
1: you do look <laughs> early, early 20s, there's no doubt about that.
3: Yeah, I do, I've got a total baby face, and mm-hmm. that's just on account of, um... Good genetics slash I've got a fat head so people just assume that I'm a baby oh well
1: I love that, I have a fat head
3: I've got a fat head I've just got one of those chubby faces so everyone assumes that I'm 18 I'm like, you know oh boy, I'm sorry
1: I'm sorry to ruin your thought of me
3: (laughs) yeah, sorry to ruin your fantasy but nah
1: Okay, so what are, like, you noted on it before that you're doing some BDSM work as well. What are some of the services that you offer to clients?
3: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so as you would probably know, BDSM is a huge umbrella term.
1: Oh, yeah, it's massive.
3: Yeah, it can mean anything from role play to intense pain play to, like, yeah, I mean, anything and everything.
1: Exactly. And that's why I wanted to go into what was actually offered, because you can't just sit there and be like, I offer BDSM services. Because there's just there's so much stuff that you might not be into <laughs>
3: no but that's the thing no it's literally so much um i've been into i've been into kink from a very young age so mm. like i was in i was like all the way out there in the kink community before i even started sex work so i've got like a huge huge repertoire of shit that I'm into <laughs> and shit that I'm hey, good at. So
1: me too, man. I, me too. Yeah,
3: exactly. So it's like, what do you do? BDSM. So what does that mean? Uh, like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's easier for you to tell me what you want and I'll let you know yeah. how I can facilitate that kind of right. thing. So the most common request I get is, uh, I don't know, men are really weird um, in the fact hey. that, it, no, okay. So when I say weird, I mean, I mean like, a lot of people discover kink through porn. So for yes. them, kink is very sexual. It's all it's all about ways to get them off. So things now, like... Now, this is
1: a point that I love talking about. Sorry to interrupt. This is a bit yeah. that I love talking about because I'm of the other school of thought where my kink and my sex are usually two completely separate things.
3: Yeah, right? Okay.
1: Be- because cool. I, I get different things from each one. I get yeah, different absolutely. feelings. I get different um, different pheromones that get released. And I've, it's still height, uh, a high, but in different ways.
3: Absolutely, yes.
1: Like in the way that weed is a different high to LSD, for example. Yeah,
3: absolutely. It provides a similar release of, you know, endorphins, oxytocin, whatever, but different methods to get the
1: Adrenalines.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really cool. So I mean, I'm like in my personal life, kink is very non-sexual to me, but yeah. I do understand that for a lot of people, it is incredibly sexual. So all of my kink requests—I
1: think Fifty Shades helped with that as well, though.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately.
3: Yeah. Oh. Oh well. Everyone's <laughs> different.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, things like pegging um, golden showers, like all your, I'm not going to say basic bitch kinks, but um, all <laughs> your everyday stuff. Um, I do a lot of sensory play. I, I love sensory play, always have. Um, I'm not the type of person that's like, kink must be pain and yelling and intense domination all the time. Like, well, Because like, it's not. It's not. Like, it, it's... <laughs> People that take kink too seriously, like your hardcore kinksters, like all need to sit the fuck down, really. (laughs) It's not that serious.
1: It can literally just be a mental play between two people. It doesn't have to have any physicality involved.
3: Absolutely, yes. Like, it's just about fucking with someone, like, in whatever way that looks to you on the day. Exactly. I love, like, I love that. I love the mental aspect. I love, like, all of the softer side. Um,. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of that is because I'm really lazy. But also, <laughs> it's just my favorite bit. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I offer a lot of things. It just depends on the person, I guess. Like, and- Oh, ma- mainly Dom. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a pro-dom. Yeah. So, uh, while I'm a Switch in my personal life, pro-subbing is, like, a whole different beast. And I'm not willing to touch that with a 10-foot pole. So, I will do shit to other people. But, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, pro subbing That's I take my hat off to to those people, because oh shit. yeah, that's got to be a whole different thing. <laughs> that's a whole different kettle of fish.
1: Because I'm a switch as well in it, but I started on the dominant side. Yeah. Um, yeah. on the D side. So the reason I actually went into into the switch mode or into the submissive mode is so I could learn about more about being a dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Learning that side made me realise how how particular I am. As a submissive, as to what I need out of my dominant.
3: Oh my god! And right. For, for for those
1: for those people who can be a, a pro sub, I just sit there and be like, how how do you do this? I don't I don't get it. I
3: don't I don't know. I like I used to be really subby when I was younger. Like that's how I was. That's how I was trained. So the mm-hmm. reason I am quite good at a lot of different things is because I will never do something to someone else that I haven't had done to myself.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think it gives you a great, like, I'm I'm not saying you have to, like, or you you are a better Dom if you have been a sub or anything like that. But for me, it gives me a greater insight into Hmm. where that person needs, where that person's headspace needs to be and how to get them there.
1: Even if I get a new toy or something like that, I use it on myself first. Absolutely. So I know what the other person can expect or have an idea of what the other person can expect.
3: Of course, because some things are incredibly deceiving.
1: Well, the, the big one, like my big thing is electroplay.
3: Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> now, a lot of people hear that term and they get a little bit freaked out and somewhat understandably, I think. Mm-hmm. Because they think it's just, you know, you're getting shocked and there's electricity running through your body. But it's like you spoke that you do a lot of sensory play. A lot of electro yeah. play is purely sensory.
3: Absolutely. I, I use my violet wand constantly. It's it's permanently uh, plugged in next to my bed. <laughs> I, love I love it. It's so good.
1: So I've got a wee, a wee tip for you, and you might have used it before. I had um, steel claws made to fit my fingers.
3: Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you hold on to the violet wand, and obviously the electricity is flowing through you, but it comes out the steel claws on the other end. I love that. So you get the sensation of the of like the cold, sharp steel, mm-hmm. plus that little sensation of the of the electro running through it as well from the wand.
3: That'd be such a bitch because like, with the, with um because with the tiny little pinpricks, like because there's a smaller surface area, there's a greater current. Yep. Yeah. No. Yep. That. That's horrible. It's not horrible. It feels wonderful. It's horrible. Um, Well, I I guess if you've got, like, five fingers running down rather than the one, because that would be a bitch. But, um...
1: It almost feels like a knife. Yeah, yeah. Like the tip of a knife.
3: Yeah. Which is cool. That can be cool. I use knives a lot. They're fun. Um, I agree. Yeah, so what I've got a friend to do is make some conductive rope for me. And that is so much fun to play with. Oh, my God. Um... Yes. So the more, the tauter it is, the more conductive it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that means you can do some really cool um, partial suspensions. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you should totally get some. I'm not a rope guy. Neither am I, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun.
1: Look, um, I have the problem where I'm a perfectionist, but I also don't have much patience. Okay. So if I'm not good at it quickly, then I don't do it and rope one of those things.
3: I've been working for eight years. I know two knots and they have served me (laughs) well. (laughs) I do the same two things every fucking session and it's totally fine. Like you can do this. I believe in you. (laughs) Hey, thanks man. (laughs) Yeah. So um, yeah, you can do really cool things like tie a person up and the, like if they move or if they start to drop, if they lose their position, it's more conductive. So it's, I oh really wow like that. Yeah, yeah yeah it's fun and evil and i love it it's half the fun isn't it <laughs> yes <laughs> yes
1: it is so you're pretty open on the BDSM side what about if they just want i guess just like a regular service for lack of a better term what kind of things do you offer there
3: so we call that a girlfriend experience um, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's that's also, like, a huge part of what I do. Like, um, I do a lot of the dom, uh, soft dom stuff. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: But, you know, uh, most people are just looking for a connection. They're just looking for uh, good sexing. So that's, that's a lot of fun as what well. What a shock. I know, I know. Funny that.
1: What a surprise <laughs> that people want to have good sex.
3: <laughs> you say that, but, you know, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I say that, but people still go out and have terrible sex all the time.
3: I, know, I, I don't understand it.
1: <laughs> no, neither. Ugh. Neither. No,
3: hire a professional. Trust me, we're good at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's not even that, as well. Though the thing that gets me the most with people who put up with shit sex is they don't try and better each other while they're while it's happening, either, or talk about it afterwards.
3: <laughs> they, they just resent each other for it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: How horrible.
1: It happens so often, though. I hear about it so, so much.
3: Oh, my gosh.
1: I was like, yeah, my husband's not very good in bed. I'm like, so what the fuck are you doing?
3: (laughs) It takes two to tango, my friend. (laughs) Like, communicate that shit.
1: Like, fucking tell him you're not enjoying it and work together to fix the problem, and it'll
3: become good. Like, fuck, man. Exactly. No, people are so quick to shift the blame, and it's really disappointing because... It sets your partner up for such unrealistic bullshit because no one's going to be perfect at yeah. sex, and even if they are, they're not going to be perfect all the time or with each individual partner because people are so different. Yeah,
1: see, the individual partner is what gets me.
3: exactly right.
1: That's that's oh. the big thing. You can do. You can do one thing that gets somebody off in like thirty seconds flat. Yeah, exactly. And you try that with another person, and it they're just like, "What the fuck is going and then on?" And
3: it destroys their ego. It's, a, it's the same with the, <laughs> the yeah, it's a, and so then you've got it's almost yeah. sitting
1: there going like some some people only orgasm from clitoral stimulation, yeah. and some people do it only via vaginal stimulation. Exactly.
3: Yeah, everyone's different. Everyone's anatomy is different. So you just have to work yeah. together to figure out what what works best for both of you. Like, it's not hard.
1: <laughs> do you do a lot of that in the lead-up to, to, se- to a session or anything like that, or especially um, with regular? Uh, I mean... Do you ask what they like or anything like that in particular? Or? Uh, not,
3: not really. I guess over the years you kind of become really hyper-aware of people's um, like body communication of how they react. You can pick up on cues super easily, or I don't know. You just get good at like figuring people out.
1: <laughs> it's reading body language, really. So that's that's what all you... it is.
3: Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people that come to me they're either like super shy, or they don't know what they like, or they're mm-hmm. not super inexperienced, but they might not have they might have had their confidence destroyed by someone who doesn't know how to communicate or yeah. like. Or X Y Z, and yeah. So you have to figure out how to communicate with someone who doesn't, who might not necessarily know how to communicate what they like, and so you get really good at reading body language. And that's
1: a that's a really cool skill to come out of that too.
3: It really is, yeah. Um,
1: And and it's it's a skill that you can use in everyday life as well. Yeah, picking up the way that people react.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one can read a room better than a sex worker, honestly.
1: <laughs> oh I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. So, uh what are some of the positives and negatives that you get that you personally get from being a sex worker?
3: Oh god, okay, how much time have we got? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we got we got all the time in the world. All the time in the world. Okay, sit down, my friend. I guess what well, I, I spoke on the sense of community before. Mm-hmm. So you you follow me on Twitter, so you probably see me retweet like a bunch of things yes. that I absolutely love. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's that. <laughs> there's all of the incredible friendships that are formed with just all these absolutely fierce, intelligent, amazing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the best people in the world are sex workers. Honestly, there's the things that I've been able to be a part of because of that, like different, different medical studies, different, like I've done a lot of panels talking to new doctors about sex work stigma and to be a part of, awesome even, even just to be a part of that to shape people's perceptions on sex work and make sure that future sex workers have good experiences with the doctors. Like that kind of shit mm. is amazing. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: I'm yeah. currently planning a trip to Wellington to talk to uh, the rape crisis team up there about how somebody can go from being sexually assaulted or being abused. And um, they, ha- they still have an interest in BDSM and how they can work together to help build the person back up.
3: Absolutely, so, um, that's so cool. i
1: going to be able to go and talk to them about how those things can work together too.
3: Oh my gosh, that's so exciting.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm hugely stoked about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. That's so cool. So like like things like that, you know, being able to be a part of like so, so to be able to shape society's learning of sex is just such, <clears throat> it's such a privilege and such an honor. And I couldn't I, agree more. I absolutely love it. What else? No, like the job itself, like the flexibility. I, I love yep. working for myself. I love being able to control my own branding and who I see and all that kind of jazz.
1: Is that the same for every sex worker, though? Because I I know here in Christchurch, especially... (laughs) Yeah, here here in Christchurch, especially, we have a couple of brothels that you have to use the name of the brothel as your surname when you're advertising.
3: You have to set your
1: ad out a certain way. You have to set everything out a certain way. Uh,
3: New Zealand's a totally different beast as well. Like, I've done... uh, I've been looking at touring over there for a little while, but, like... Oh, hurry up and do it, please. Which is so great, because you've got um you've got partial decrim over there which is awesome Mm -hmm. you're one of the only places in the world that do so uh, so theoretically touring should be amazing however (laughs) you have this really awful agency called um like new zealand private girls or whatever it is this horrible platform and the lady that runs it will report any australian touring girls to like I don't know who the fuck they report it to, but, like... It'll pay to the tax department. It'll pay to the tax department or, like, visa or whatever and get you kicked out as soon as possible. So, like, <laughs> politics over there are bullshit, but your laws are, are pretty amazing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I get over there. <laughs> How quickly I get kicked out.
1: Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just claim a sponsorship on you so you don't have to leave <laughs> and you can do your own thing.
3: Yay! That'd be great. I mean, I don't... I don't need one because I'm technically like a, a resident well, yeah. anyway, but still. Boo to that platform.
1: We'll, we'll find a way together to get you over here yeah. touring.
3: That'd be great.
1: I, I'd love Because I swear <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be booking you out for like a week solid. I'd... Yes!
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'd be so much fun.
1: If I had that chance, that's 100% going to happen.
3: <laughs> well, it, it will, it'll happen sooner rather than later anyway. I'll be right over there. Good. Um, well, anyway, what the, um what so, was i saying so what is... yeah so, Sorry. some of the negatives of the job um yeah ooh. i imagine like <laughs> it... the
1: stigma you get would be some of it
3: oh my god yeah it's it's total it's total bullshit like the way that we get treated just because of how we f- feel we- it's best to navigate capitalism <laughs> like most of the problems <laughs> with the job is not our fault um
1: oh, i know that so... feeling i'm a courier driver by trade
3: yeah, yeah, so it's bullshit. Um, <laughs> a lot of, yeah, so the stigma that, and that that can reach, that in, just controls every single facet of your life, right? Mm-hmm. So every interaction you have with every person, you have to constantly be aware of shit that they might be thinking about you and how that af- mm-hmm. will affect how they treat you. Like I mentioned yeah. before about um, interactions with medical professionals, right? So mm-hmm. even so, some examples would be something like every time I present at a hospital or for or at a doctor's surgery, because it has on my record that I'm a sex worker, they will automatically mm-hmm. assume that I have an STI or automatically assume that I am a yeah. drug user, and that affects how the the treatment that I get. Like I can't report, I can't present to my local hospital for a broken arm without getting tested for HIV. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then getting charged for that, which is bullshit. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, and just like the quality of care, like or from there's, oh, what's happened recently? Um, the banks kicking everyone out for for using them, um, or like different platforms. Like online platforms, um, you're seeing people on OnlyFans, which was originally a sex worker platform, getting kicked off for being mm. sex workers, which is just laughable. You had the same thing on Patreon, on Tumblr, on yeah.
1: <laughs> Tumblr boot was the biggest loss. I fucking loved I Tumblr. love Tumblr. Tumblr was so good.
3: <laughs> it was so good. Like actually made so many good connections with I could find the
1: best porn on Tumblr. Yeah that.
3: yeah absolutely I've made so many friends on Tumblr and I've discovered so many different artists on Tumblr and different porn performers and now we're all actually in real life friends because of this fucking platform. Oh yay it, yeah it's so good and it was so hot like my entire feed was just babes. <laughs> <laughs> um what else? What else what else what else? No that's pretty much it. Stigma shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> shit. Well, it, it means that I can't. I have to be really wary of being friends with people, or like when I came out, or when my family found out that I was a sex worker. Like that was really tense for a good few years. Um, yeah. 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 Just, just horrible things.
1: So personal relationships can be a bit strained.
3: Oh mate. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's totally a whole new beast. Like you think yeah. personal relationships can get strained if you're polyamorous or kinky, like add sex workers to the mix and it's just you know, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find a romantic partner that is into all three. Yeah, it's, it's a trifactor.
1: I mean, there's one, but he's sort of, you know, uh, four hour time difference away.
3: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like the community gets a lot smaller. <laughs> like your your fishing pool gets a lot smaller.
1: <laughs> I genuinely believe, like in my city, there's probably two people I could date. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, instant triad.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like being bisexual, kinky, polyamorous. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that, quite severely minimal, especially. As bad as it may sound being a bisexual male because even a lot of bi girls think poorly of bi males it's really uh-huh. weird I don't get it but
3: uh, uh yeah no that that's a whole that's a whole other thing I, I'm bisexual yeah. as well and like if you're if you could be straight passing your your invisibility is just yeah out the window unless you're mm-hmm. like them in femme bisexual invisibility is such a thing that like if I try and date other women like it's trying to find other women to date is a nightmare <laughs> because everyone just assumes that I'm straight. And I'm sure being.
1: A well, sh- yeah, it's the, same, it's the same for me with a dude. Yeah, right. Because I'm if, too straight for the gay guys. Yeah,
3: like you've just come straight from football. You'd be very straight presenting. <laughs> I'm assuming. No, a- a-
1: very absolutely. Masculine. Yeah. Masculine.
3: yeah, yeah. So people. But, I'm,
1: but I don't hide it or anything like that. Like I have um, some of my football players because I coach men. Yeah. Um, they're friends with me on Facebook. So they know I'm not. It's not like I hide it, but I don't. It, I don't, for lack of a better term, flaunt it
3: about Yeah, the place. right. Exactly.
1: And I, yeah. I am very straight acting in general.
3: Yeah, which is yeah, that's a whole other thing.
1: <laughs> mm. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there's not much else that's that's quite bad about it, apart from just general freelancer life, like stability of income. Um, taxes are shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know all about that.
3: Um, the threat of being kicked out of your apartment at any given moment kind of sucks.
1: Because of what you do for work?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, oh, wow. i had a couple of times, um, like when I first left, left brothel work, the brothel madam called up my apartment, my landlady, and, and told her that I was working from home and tried to get me kicked oh, out wow. of my apartment. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Oh, drama, honestly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, just on these as well. So, obviously, through here, we've we've broken a couple of myths already and mm-hmm. some misconceptions. What are some more misconceptions and myths that people might have about sex workers or sex work in general? Oh gosh,
3: that, yeah. It's...
1: I, I, th- I think I think the big one that we tu- there's two. <laughs> sorry, to interrupt. Mm-hmm. There's two there that you've touched on already that I think people uh, automatically think, and that's the SCI one and the drug one.
3: I think yeah, a lot sure. of people yeah.
1: assume that straight away, right?
3: Yeah, but people, like, I think that sex workers get held to such an unrealistic expectation. So Mm -hmm. we never ask of any other professional group if their work, like, we never demand that their work be empowering, that they be drug free or, you know, fucking, we never
1: demand. Imagine going into McDonald's, imagine going into McDonald's (laughs) and asking everybody to take a drug test to make sure that they're free of any
3: drugs or anything like that. My God. So I used to be a nurse before I um, before I was a sex worker. And do you know the amount of nurses that have like low-key dexy addictions? <laughs> and doctors?
1: I can imagine. Like,
3: doctors and surgeons are the worst. And yet no one, like, yeah. Every investment banker that I've ever met has a coke habit. And do we demand perfection of them? No. Oh, well, yeah. Exactly. Just look at like, Wolf we, of Wall Street. You can't generalize based on... I don't know shitty media representations. Like every in, every individual is different.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's deemed a respectable job, exactly. whatever. Yeah. And for but. some reason, sex workers are not seen that way, even though.
3: No, hon- no.
1: Honestly, sex workers are going to be the. I don't want to use it. The, most likely to be disease and drug uh, disease free, especially.
3: Absolutely.
1: Because that's-, that's their livelihood on the line.
3: Yeah, this is my body on the line. Like, do you think I'm not going to take care of myself? Do you think I'm not going to exactly. get tested every three months? Or just, yeah, it's. But not not even that. Like, yes, people should still be able to work if they do have HIV or if they do have bloodborne diseases because well, there's ways around it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it HIV doesn't mean what it used to anymore. So, even Thankfully. that. Even that kind of stigma, like, yes, we are we are less likely than the general population to, to have STIs just because of the sheer amount of self-education and self-awareness we have of our bodies and the amount of testing that we do. And, like, I know for a fact that my friends and I are more health conscious than, than any medical doctor that I have met. Um, that we know more more about the recent studies on STIs. That we keep we keep up to date with more of the scientific literature than most doctors that I know. Yeah. Like we are the experts in sexual health.
1: Yeah. Which is a good thing because you're looking after yourself.
3: Oh, absolutely. Like it's it's our job, <laughs> it, it, and we should be treated as experts in sexual health because that's literally what we do.
1: Hmm. Uh, I, I wonder if it's worth getting sex workers into sexual education classes at schools.
3: Ooh, this is a thing that I've been, this is a long-term project of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually love to do that. And I, I know there are sex workers out there who have written sex education books for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eva Sless, her, her book, um, A Teen Girl's Guide to Getting Off, is absolutely amazing. I recommend it to everyone.
1: I think you posted about that recently too, didn't you? <laughs> I probably
3: did I literally recommend it to everyone because it's not just about sexual health.
1: I vaguely recommend it. It's looking at it from a pleasure point of view as opposed to
3: absolutely because sex is as, bad point of view. Yeah, as 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 kids and as women, we're t- well, especially as women, we're taught that we are taught the clinical side of sex. We're taught like all of the things that could go wrong, but we're not mm. taught anything about you know not taught anything about consent or what things might feel good or you know. Anything about pleasure.
1: The consent one is um, what I want to get in schools to talk about.
3: Absolutely. It's so important.
1: And I had the chance to while I was in America and it was great. It worked perfectly.
3: Oh my gosh, that's so great.
1: Just (laughs) talking to a high school over there. And I spoke to the boys and the girls separately. Yeah. Yeah. And I spoke to the girls first and got examples of the way they've been talked to and stuff like that. Uh huh. And then I went and obviously, anonymously, you know, showed the boys what kinds of things and how they make the girls feel so it's not even just about consent it's about predatory behaviors leading up to it
0: yeah
3: absolutely
1: so you know how you get somebody message you saying hey hey how you doing every day for Uh you know however long so coercion is part of it as well
3: yeah yeah wearing someone down into saying yes is not the same as an enthusiastic yes
1: (laughs) exactly and i'll tell you what nothing's hotter than an enthusiastic yes as well it's like fuck yes i want that to do
3: okay Sure, but also, (laughs) I was getting mad today because I saw this massive thing on Consent is Sexy and nothing makes me madder. No, no,
1: consent is necessary.
3: Why do things have to be sexy in order for it to be important? Like, fuck off. (laughs) Same with the whole confidence is sexy. Like, I don't give a shit about what's sexy. Like, this shit is mandatory.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but
1: in saying that, though, like, if you can't get consent by using, like, oh, do you like when I do this to you or do you mind if I do this to you, like, in a sexy way, then Mm -hmm. all it means is that you're just really shit at dirty talk. Absolutely, yes. Because dirty talk is asking consent to do these things. (laughs) It
3: really is. It's saying, hey, I want to do this to you. Can I do this to you? Or do you like it when I do this to you? That's literally all dirty talk is. Exactly. And And that's
1: what getting consent
3: is. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard. It's not rocket well, science.
1: I mean something's hard at that point, I imagine,
3: but that's not it though. <laughs> no. That definitely is not, not that <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, myths and misconceptions. <laughs> We're kidding <you> <laughs> um, Oh, what what's it what's another few? about sex work or sex in general or bdsm or like porn Uh, i don't know i don't know there's so many
1: (laughs) there really is i think another potential misconception is that you sort of for lack of a better term cater to for people to cheat on their partners
3: oh wow okay
1: i've heard that a fair bit
3: oh yeah but you know so does tinder i mean so does grinder exactly People will always pass the blame to women wherever they can. Like, fuck off.
1: And this is the thing for me. Like, if if a person's going to go and see a sex worker while they're married behind their partner's back, then they're going to do that regardless. They're going to yeah. do that with somebody who's not a sex worker. They're going to do it with someone.
3: Yeah, because the desire is there.
1: Yeah, it's not like the girls go out and say, hey, are you married and need extra fun? Come and see me.
3: No, I mean, although that might be my new tagline. <laughs> 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 Just for the fun of it but no no fuck off like I'm not responsible for anyone else's marriage that's way above my pay grade yeah um no (laughs) like I don't like we're not soliciting like that people are coming onto platforms to find us so
0: Mm.
3: like I'm sure I might facilitate people cheating on their partners but like also that's not my responsibility
1: it was going to happen anyway (laughs) yeah absolutely that's
3: that's not my fault
1: No, I, I can not agree. What are, what are some of the safety precautions you use? Because obviously you can't just meet anybody straight off the bat. You know, you get a phone call or a text and, you know, you yeah. go off to meet them and that's it. There's got to be okay. some safety precautions you put in place, right?
3: Of course there are. And a lot of – I'm not going to talk too deeply about this because, you know, the nature of the beast is that if, yeah, absolutely. if I let people know what my safety precautions are, they're going to find ways around them. Yeah, but. I always like from the information that I need to get before a session, I, will, I can discern, I can tell if I'm going to be safe or not. And mm-hmm. a lot of that does come down to being able to develop that gut feeling about somebody and how yeah. they speak to you, and being able to d- determine if they have a level of respect for you that is going to translate into how they treat you in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a learned skill, that's something you just develop over time. So yeah. it's the same as when you're learning. You're learning consent, right? You're not going to learn what your boundaries are until they've been thrown up on a few times. So yeah. <laughs> you're not going to learn what the red flags are until you've had a few waved in your face. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, but as a community, we do have ways of safeguarding each other, and that's all I'm. That's all I'm going to say on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But the fact of the matter is that, that safety precautions are there, and they're there for a reason. And yes, yeah, you know for sure
3: but in in terms of screening but that happens but when mm-hmm. a person gets to a room you know there are ways of handling a person as to not let them get the upper hand if that makes sense like yeah. when you're yeah. when you're dominant with someone you know how to handle a person as to uh, 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 you know how to control the room you know how to position your body in a way that says i am the dominant one here and it's it, you we use all those tricks in sex work like it's things like standing in a certain position in the room or having them undress before you do and think little body language things that yeah right like subliminally tell them i'm the one in control here
1: <laughs> yeah people don't quite notice what's happening
3: oh they'll never notice they will never notice but they'll know that i was in control and they had a fun time <laughs> that's all they'll get out of that but there but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes
1: most are okay with that I think yeah for sure
3: (laughs) my my return rate says yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) so moving on from that point Mm -hmm. so from initial contact through to the end of a session what's the process you go through what does it sort of look like I know you can't go into too many details
3: I mean, eh, I can. <laughs> we can we can do a play-by-play of a whole session. It's about an hour long.
1: Actually, that could be another episode.
3: Oh my god, can you imagine? I just, yeah, I, that, can, can, I'm not great can at we do, dirty can talking, we do that? but I reckon we could do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, we're going to do that at some point.
3: It's going to be hilarious, and you're just going to laugh at me. Um, perfect. Because, Even better. Because everything is very deliberate. Um, so I'll get a text message hey kitty are you available I I want to try XYZ and I'll go sure hi yes I'm available until 5pm here is the address meet me at this address Um, they show up at my address uh, they come up to my room and I they hand over the money first baby hose Mm -hmm. always get the money first
1: baby hose
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you know sometimes it can feel awkward taking money from someone but always do it first it gets everything out of the way quicker and when you're post-sex sometimes you don't remember and yeah (laughs) let's just say (laughs) i've done that before (laughs) i had to chase someone down the street because i totally forgot to get money off them and it was super awkward amazing no not amazing really embarrassing from an entertainment (laughs) perspective (laughs) yeah yeah no very entertaining very entertaining uh, yeah, I chuck them in the shower. I do a quick health check. So mm-hmm. I check their genitals for any sign of redness or any blisters, any kind of discharge. Uh, they also don't realize that I'm doing this, by the way. They just think I'm touching mm-hmm. their cock. Um, <laughs> but what I'm really doing is checking checking the skin integrity and like, looking at the genitals for any sign of infection.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Chuck them in the shower. I go set up the room, which means I get some condoms out, I get some lube out, some toys. And then we do the sex things, generally start with kissing, massage, blowjob, whatever, depending on what mm-hmm. they've asked for. Yeah. I put on my playlist. It goes for about an hour. When the final Arctic Monkeys song plays, I'm like, right, time's up, back in the shower. <laughs>
1: Arctic Monkeys, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs>
3: actually great to fuck to
1: <laughs> yeah oh, i couldn't agree more actually
3: yeah arctic monkeys porter's head the xx like just fuck me up it's great
1: <laughs> <laughs> De- depending on what i'm doing i have different playlists
3: me too yes <laughs> i have a kink playlist a GSE yeah. playlist a PSE yeah. playlist <laughs> it's yeah it, it's really funny and they're all exactly an hour long so i don't have to put on any awkward timers or anything
1: Perfect. Uh, I've actually performed a full Phantom of the Opera kink scene on stage.
3: Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Another theatre nerd. Thank you.
1: Yes. So, (laughs) like, and the first time I did it was just at, like, a regular kink party. Yeah. I had the the double mask on. So I had the white mask and then, like, the grotesque mask underneath. Oh,
3: that's so hot.
1: So, like, in the middle of the scene, you know, when uh, Christine takes off his mask in the dungeon. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Was it really I had, theatrical and amazing? Yeah I, yeah, I did the exact same thing. <laughs> so I had the mask taken off in the middle of that of the music of the night.
3: Oh, my God. The drama. Like, I love yeah, it. Yeah, oh, fucking oh. ideal.
1: But I, <laughs> unfortunately, um, the person I did that with, I can't do it with any longer. They've uh, moved away. So I'm trying to find somebody else.
3: Oh, no. Whereabouts are you living? Wellington?
1: Christchurch.
3: Christchurch, bugger going to say there's an amazing porn performer called Nikita Fox who's Wellington based. And I know
1: all about Miss Fox.
3: Do you really? fantastic Yes. I've done a shoot with Miss Fox and she's she's great. Her and her partner are just great people.
1: She does a fair bit of photography for a friend of mine HTP.
3: Yeah, cool.
1: And a task of Poland.
3: Yay! Friends. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Even from
1: 6000 k's away, have a far away we are. <laughs> Yeah, so you chuck them back into the shower.
3: Yeah, yeah, so I chuck them back into the shower. And then depending on how much time we have left, we have a chat on the couch. Um, If it's a kink session, like my aftercare process is that I give them some chocolate and then some water and talk to them about um, if there was anything that they liked or didn't like during the session or what they'd want to do next time and you know, try and get that communication flowing before they leave out the before they get out the door um mm-hmm. for two reasons: one to make sure that like they said yes when they meant yes, and two yeah. just to make sure they can form coherent sentences before I send them off to drive yeah. <laughs> because you know safety first yeah, and yeah that's that's it it's really that's the booking process, and that happens a few times a week, and that's my life.
1: <laughs> cool so it's, it's pretty straightforward really
3: it's really not hard like the, the amount of people that get in their own way and it's not a hard process yeah yeah we're, we're not intimidating or scary We would just just go see a professional if you feel like having the sex and no one wants to have the sex with you or if you can't be bothered going and getting the sex, just go see someone.
1: <laughs> I feel personally attacked by that.
3: <laughs> like, if you're too lazy for Tinder, that's why we're here.
1: <laughs> no, if no one wants to have the sex with you, go goes I feel attacked <laughs> by that.
3: I mean, like, so do I. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> like The amount of sex workers that go and see other sex workers is amazing. Yeah, see, I was going to
1: ask uh, about <laughs> this a little bit. So the difference between sex as part of work and sex in your personal life. Yeah. Like how, um, is, it, is it much different
3: or... Yes and no.
1: Can you focus more on what you enjoy when you're having your personal sex as opposed to...
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole point of why you pay someone um to get pampered, right? Mm. Like, yeah, the sex, that work sex is enjoyable for me because I know how to make it enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. But also... The booking's about them. So I want them to feel as amazing as possible. And in my personal life, it would probably be a more equal energy exchange, if that makes sense. Right.
1: Yeah, I get that.
3: So, uh, again, that's why sex workers book other sex workers, because we like to get pampered too.
1: Funny how that happens. I People know, like to get funny. pampered.
3: It's shocked. almost like we're humans with human needs. <laughs> it's a crazy concept. Oh, no way! I know! It's wild. What a twist. <laughs> but yeah, in a sense, like it is different, but it's also not like it's still good sex both times. But one, I'm, I'm more focused on the other person's pleasure. And like in my own personal life, I'm maybe not. It's more of an exchange. <laughs> it's more of an exchange, I guess. Yeah.
1: We're, we're almost there, Kitty. We've almost made it.
3: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So before all of this, you said, no, we're never going to get through all of those questions. Just pick two or three.
3: <laughs> well, probably because like you gave me such broad questions. I'm like, holy shit, this interview is going to go for hours. This poor guy.
1: They are broad questions, but they do narrow down after I ask them, to be fair.
3: Okay, yes. That, that's that's a fair assumption. Yes. Okay, Next. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What have you got? Question number seven point two point one <laughs> on uh-huh. the agenda. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of a, a big one for me because from what I've spoken to friends with who are who are sex workers, mm-hmm. there are a lot there are a lot of people that book a sex worker but don't put any effort into themselves when they
3: go and see them as well. What you mean, like in what sense?
1: You know, so some people won't you know, have a, a shower, so they go in and they smell a bit or they put on too much cologne and stuff like that. Oh, yeah,
3: that's just, yeah, oh, my gosh.
1: What <laughs> are some pointers for people who want to book a sex worker?
3: Okay, so how to be my ideal client?
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, well, I have lots of examples of this because most people are generally lovely and just mm-hmm. perfect humans, you know, show up not looking like trash because, one, you're coming to my home and mm-hmm. if people... See you looking at like, like, yeah. You just be discreet in what you wear. Like, you don't have to wear a three-piece suit, but please don't rock up in your pajamas.
0: I fucking
1: <laughs> would wear a three-piece suit.
3: I mean, I probably would too. Like, I'd rock that shit, but only to a fancy hotel, not to someone's home.
1: <laughs> no, I'd be rocking it to someone's
3: home. Yeah, well, you're an asshole. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> a very fancy <laughs> asshole, but an asshole. I'm wonderful. I believe that. I do believe that. Um, yeah, so just turn up in your normal clothes, so like just for discretion reasons, like don't make a big scene.
1: Yeah, so even just like a nice pair of jeans and a t shirt or something like that.
3: Sure, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. It's not hard. <laughs> dress dress normally, not like a grot.
1: But as opposed to like Donald Duck
3: pajama bottoms. Yeah, I mean you can wear those once we're in the room, that's totally fine and allowed. <laughs> especially Donald Duck, Duck pajama bottoms.
1: But, um, I'm going to buy a pair
3: now. Can you please? And just post it on Twitter, just for me.
1: Yeah. okay. <laughs>
3: Done. <laughs> yes. But yes, um,
0: go
3: on. I don't know, just like treat the person like a person um, mm-hmm. and don't be so focused on getting your money's worth because I find that that's a real problem with people when they feel like they've had to pay for something or they feel negative... If, if they have negative thoughts about having to pay for a service because of their own ego or self-esteem or whatever, because yeah, they have their own internal dialogue about what a client is. And mm-hmm. I get this a lot. So people feel guilty for having to pay. And so then they project and treat me like not a person. You know? Right. Yeah. So just be aware. That, Do you find that, it?
1: The, sorry. Go ahead
3: no no no, no was just, I was just going to repeat just for you know I'm a person <laughs> treat yes. me like a person
1: have you ever found that like you talked about getting their money's worth out of it mm-hmm. do you feel as though that these people that are paying for it they feel pressured of they try and put pressure on you that they need to ejaculate and they can't do that yes. because of that pressure
3: oh my gosh yes so because they've paid for a service they feel like ejaculation is the goal yeah, and if they don't achieve that then either there's something wrong with me or something wrong with them yeah and putting that kind of pressure on yourself doesn't help the whole situation no <laughs> because you can psych yourself out so easily if you overthink it
1: yeah see this is an issue that i have not from paying with it because i have trouble ejaculating when i'm with somebody yeah. regardless
3: heaps of people do
1: yeah and it, it's one of those things where it's if Look, like, you know, if it's going to happen with somebody I'll sit there and be like, okay, so don't take this personally, but it is really difficult for me to, to ejaculate. Yeah. So don't put that on yourself. Don't yeah. feel as though that's our goal. I'm going to enjoy myself regardless of what happens here because it's going to be fun. But yes. don't – if that doesn't happen, don't take it poorly. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm still having fun.
3: And definitely communicate that to your provider. Yeah. Not because we feel guilty, but just because – we want you to have a good time as well. And if we think that you're not having a good time, then it's not as good <laughs> if we feel like we're doing a shit job.
1: Yeah, it's just a bit of a downer, I guess.
3: Yeah, it could be a bit of a downer because, you, you know, they walk out the door and you're like, oh, well, I guess I won't see them again, even though they were a lovely person. Like, hmm. oh, well. <laughs> so if you do have issues like that, then, yeah, yeah. Just, just tell us.
1: Well, that's part of the reason I do tell people because I don't want them going out feeling... Like they've let me down or anything like that? Yeah. That yeah. makes sense?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. And like it it is super common. It's so common, especially meeting someone for the first time. Yeah. Like you if you're nervous as well, like that just adds to it. Nerves no,
1: are a huge thing. It
3: is. It is. Like meeting someone for the first time can be so nerve wracking and especially if you're going like straight to their bedroom, you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> And you just suck yourself out and your body doesn't want to want to do what you want it to do. And that's okay because you're a human. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah.
1: So, so, yeah, any further advice for anyone wanting to book? I guess just be respectful.
3: Just be, be respectful. Like, yeah, be respectful of our time as well. Like, don't try and... Uh, or, I mean, you can ask questions that are relevant.
1: Go over time.
3: Yeah, go, like... During a session, sure, but your communication, like, leading up to the session as well, make sure
0: that's uh, respectful. Right. Yep.
3: Like, I don't want no dick pics, y'all. <laughs> I don't want I don't need to see your penis. Oh, like, damn it's it! Fine.
1: <laughs> I was going to send one straight after this.
3: I don't need to know that you're a 22-year-old white guy because, like, it's not speed dating. I don't care. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Just be respectful of our time mm-hmm. because we're, we're not going to spend all day going back and forth on the phone to you for a one-hour session as
1: well exactly yeah it's it's sort of keep in mind that the session just isn't your time like
0: yeah
3: exactly
1: you're you're using up the time of the person that you're trying to
3: yes yeah and that's another huge misconception that like all of our work is sexual because i swear to god for every one hour booking i get there's like five hours of admin
1: (laughs) yeah it's so much groundwork even just keeping up your your online presence.
3: It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And that's a whole other thing. Like keeping up eight different platforms of advertising, mm-hmm. posting different ads every day, posting different selfies on six different platforms every day. Like that's a, a huge part of your admin and, and marketing that people don't take into account. Like this is why we charge so much because we're putting in, you know, 50 hours a week for those, you know, however many bookings
0: exactly
1: yeah i think people are too wrapped up in themselves to remember sometimes
3: yes (laughs) you said it not me
1: (laughs) and um final point what about some advice for anyone wanting to uh get into sex work you used a term just before which is baby hoes
3: yeah okay so i mean i shouldn't really use the word ho because i'm not a person of color but you know there are amazing organisations. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Okay. So, ba- baby hookers. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> there is an amazing organisation called Swap. That's S W O P, and they will generally have a office in most major cities. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that's where you go to for advice for your health checks, for mm. up to date so- information on on like. The legal status of where you're working
1: yeah so in in new zealand we've got the nzpc i think it's New yes. Zealand.
3: oh my gosh they have done they're just idols of mine yeah mm-hmm. they're a powerhouse of information and knowledge and just, oh my gosh they're just amazing people
1: when i was working for my <laughs> old courier company we used to deliver all of their condoms and lube it was amazing they were lovely <laughs> lovely people
3: yeah and you get you can get really cheap condoms and lube from them as well so get all your supplies from there
1: which is magnificent um,
3: it is. It's so much better. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so it, it, I can't really speak on giving advice to to babies because I don't know where these people are. It differs from city to city. Um, the laws differ from city to city. So the best person to get in touch with is your local peer organisation who will be able to give you current information on where is best to work from, um, what the what not not what to charge, but you know what the average rate is. They'll give you tips on how to avoid police if you're working in a criminalised state. All that kind of really relevant information.
1: That's really cool. Uh,
3: or there are other workers that do paid mentoring as well. Oh, right. Um, yeah, uh, I don't do it at the moment, but um, heaps of workers do. And if if you are approaching other workers for information, please pay them (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
3: yeah it's just it's just respect really
0: yeah
1: yeah absolutely and uh, um last but not least people who want to find you anywhere where can they find you
3: me i'm all over the internet um just google kitty du jour and check out my butt on twitter i guess (laughs) i'm probably on there the most
1: (laughs) so it's um k-i-t-t-y D-U-J-O-U-R, Kitty Duture.
3: Yep. Roughly translates to pussy of the day because, you know, if you can't take the piss out of yourself, then (laughs) you're setting yourself up for a bad time.
1: (laughs) And what a way to end that. off! thank you so, so much for coming on, Kitty. It's been awesome.
3: Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for talking to me.
2: For the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is aflame not an amber, say it's me that you want to dismember, blacken my eye, set fire to my tie, as we dance to the masochism tango, at your command, before you here I stand, my heart is in my hand, yeah, (laughs) it's here that I must be. heart entreats, just hear those savage beats, and go put on your cleats, and come and trample me Your heart is hard as stone or mahogany That's why I'm in such exquisite agony My soul is on fire It's aflame with desire Which is why I perspire when we tango You caught my nose in your left castanet love i can feel the pain yet love every time i hear drums and i envy the rose that you held in your teeth, love with the thorns underneath love sticking into your gums. Your eyes cast a spell that bewitches. The last time I needed 20 stitches to sew up the gash you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango. Bash in my brain and make me scream with pain. Then kick me once again and say we'll never part. I know too well I'm underneath your spell. So, darling, if you smell something burning, it's my heart. <laughs> you take your cigarette from its holder and burn your initials in my shoulder. Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine as we dance to the some tango.